This is RCT number 25, He Descended into Hell. RCT stands for the Roman Catechism of Trent. Today we are in pages 64 to 68. This is the Creed, Article 5, Section A. God give you his peace, and nomine patri sefiti et spiritu santi, amen. O heavenly King, Comforter, Spirit of Truth, who art everywhere present and fillest all things, treasury of good things and giver of life, come and dwell in us and cleanse us of all impurity and save our souls, O good one, in nomine patri sefiti et spiritu santi, amen. You might notice a little bit of a different background if you're doing the video. If you're just doing the audio, you can probably hear a slightly different sound. I'm at a buddy's place using his gamer headphones. He's not a gamer, but the sound's going to be a little bit different. Another thing we're doing a little bit different today is I'm going to read you straight through the RCT and then give you a commentary specifically on the harrowing of hell and what Von Balthasar gets wrong about that. So we're going to go back today to the style we did on CPX, where I just read you the catechism and then my own words instead of interspersing them like I normally do in the RCT. But we are going to stick with the normal RCT in the future, where I intersperse my own words. So again, today I'm going to read you this section of the Creed, He Descended Into Hell. And in the second half of this podcast, I'm going to explain modern errors on that. But before we get started on that, the one thing I want to tell you about the RCT is when you hear that Christ descended into hell, what is really meant by hell is the limbo of the fathers. Now you might say, well, how do you know better than the Roman Catechism of Trent? I don't, but it's really been mistranslated into English. Here's the thing we're going to get to in part two. Hell, infernos in Latin, simply means the netherworld. And we're going to learn that includes four different areas. Gehenna, purgatory, limbo of the fathers, and limbo of the children. But when you hear in the RCT that Christ descended into hell, you really should hear that as Christ descended into the limbo of the fathers. Christ never went to Gehenna. That's what von Balthasar taught, and we're going to talk about why that's extremely wrong in the second half of this podcast. But really, every time you hear hell, or most of the times you hear hell for the next five minutes, you just have to hear limbo of the fathers. That's what Jesus went to, not to Gehenna of the damned. Okay, now for the RCT, Article 5, He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. To know the glory of the burial of our Lord Jesus Christ, of which we last treated, it is highly important, but of still higher importance, is it to the faithful to know the splendid triumphs which he obtained by having subdued the devil and despoiled the abodes of hell. Of these triumphs, and also of his resurrection, we are now about to speak. Although the latter presents to us a subject which might with propriety be treated under a separate and distinct head, yet following the example of the Holy Fathers, we have deemed it, fitting to unite it with his descent into hell. First part of this article, he descended into hell. In the first part of this article, then, we profess that immediately after the death of Christ, his soul descended into hell, and dwelt there as long as his body remained in the tomb, and also that the one person of Christ was at the same time in hell and in the sepulchre. Nor should this excite surprise, for, as we have already frequently said, although his soul was separated from his body, his divinity was never parted from either his soul or his body. Hell, as the pastor, by explaining the meaning of this word hell in this place, may throw considerable light on the exposition of this article. It is to be observed that by the word hell is not here meant the sepulchre, as some have not less impiously than ignorantly imagined. For in the preceding article we learn that Christ the Lord was buried, 
and there was no reason why the apostles in delivering an article of faith should repeat the same thing in other and more obscure terms. Hell, then, here signifies those secret abodes in which are detained the souls that have not obtained the happiness of heaven. In this sense, the word is frequently used in Scripture. Thus the Apostle says, At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those that are in heaven, on earth, and in hell, Philippians 2.10. And in the Acts of the Apostles, St. Peter says that Christ the Lord is again risen, having loosened the sorrows of hell, see Acts 2.24. Different abodes called hell. These abodes are not all of the same nature, for among them is that most loathsome and dark prison in which the souls of the damned are tormented with the unclean spirits in eternal and inextinguishable fire. This place is called Gehenna, the bottomless pit, and is hell strictly so called. Among them is also the fire of purgatory in which the souls of just men are cleansed by a temporary punishment in order to be admitted into their eternal country into which nothing defiled entereth. Apocalypse 21:27. The truth of this doctrine, founded as holy councils declare on scripture and confirmed by apostolic tradition, demands exposition from the pastor, all the more diligent and frequent, because we live in times when men endure not sound doctrine. Lastly, the third kind of abode is that into which the souls of the just, before the coming of, the, of Christ the Lord, were received, and where without experiencing any sort of pain, but supported by the blessed hope of redemption, they enjoyed peaceful repose. To liberate these holy souls, who in the bosom of Abraham were expecting the Savior, Christ the Lord descended into hell. He descended. We are not to imagine that his power and virtue only, and not also his soul, descended into hell, but we are firmly to believe that his soul itself really and substantially descended thither, According to this conclusive testimony of David, Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Psalm 15.10 But although Christ descended into hell, his supreme power was in no degree lessened, nor was the splendor of his sanctity obscured by any blemish. His descent served rather to prove that whatever had been foretold of his sanctity was true, and that as he had previously demonstrated by so many miracles, he was truly the Son of God. This we shall easily understand by comparing the causes of the descent of Christ with those of other men. They descended as captives, he as free and victorious among the dead, to subdue those demons by whom, in consequence of guilt, they were held in captivity. Furthermore, all others descended either to endure the most acute torments, or, if exempt from other pain, to be deprived of the vision of God and to be tortured by the delay of the glory and happiness for which they yearned. Christ the Lord descended, on the contrary, not to suffer, but to liberate the holy and the just from their painful captivity, and to impart to them the fruit of his passion. His supreme dignity and power, therefore, suffered no diminution by his descent into hell. Why he descended into hell? To liberate the just. Having explained these things, the pastor should next proceed to teach that Christ the Lord descended into hell in order that, having despoiled the demons, he might liberate from prison those holy fathers and the other just souls and might bring them into heaven with himself. This he accomplished in an admirable and most glorious manner. For his august presence at once shed a celestial luster upon the captives and filled them with inconceivable joy and delight. 
He also imparted to them that supreme happiness which consists in the vision of God, thus verifying his promise to the thief on the cross, This day thou shalt be with me in paradise. This deliverance of the just was long predicted by Osei in these words, O death, I will be thy death. O hell, I will be thy bite. Osei 13.14 And also by the prophet Zachary, Thou also by the blood of thy testament hast sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit, wherein is no water. Zechariah 9.11 And lastly, the same is expressed by the apostle in these words, Despoiling the principalities and powers, he hath exposed them confidently in open show, triumphing over them in himself. Colossians 2.15 But the better to understand the efficacy of this mystery, we should frequently call to mind that not only the just who were born after the coming of our Lord, but also those who preceded him from the days of Adam, or who shall be born until the end of time, obtaining their salvation through the benefits of his passion. Wherefore, before his death and resurrection, heaven was closed against every child of Adam. The souls of the just on their departure from this life were either born to the bosom of Abraham, or, as is still the case with those who have something to be washed away or satisfied for, were purified in the fire of purgatory. To proclaim his power. Another reason why Christ the Lord descended into hell is that there, as well as in heaven and on earth, he might proclaim his power and authority, and that every knee should bow of those that are in heaven, on earth and under the earth, Philippians 2.10. And here, who is not filled with admiration and astonishment when he contemplates the infinite love of God for man? Not satisfied with having undergone for our sake a most cruel death, he penetrates the inmost recesses of the earth to transport into bliss the souls whom he so dearly loved and whose liberation from thence he had achieved. Thus are the words of the Roman Catechism of Trent for today. There's a good video by Dr. Taylor Marshall that I'm going to link in the show notes explaining the four areas of the underworld. The word infernus in Latin, we usually translate that as hell, but let's telescope out a little bit and realize the term infernus simply should be translated as either underworld or lower regions or netherworld. Speaking of gaming, I know netherworld sounds kind of like a gaming term, but netherworld's a really good term to describe everything that is not heaven and everything that is not earth. So let me say this again. Infernus means netherworld. In the netherworld, there are four regions... What are these four regions of the Infernus, the four regions of the underworld or the lower regions or the netherworld? Let's talk about those four. Number one, under this umbrella term of Infernus, is Gehenna. Now, we usually use these three terms interchangeably in English, and that's just a failure in the English language. Gehenna equals Infernus equals hell. That's not really true. Infernus is the umbrella term of four locations, and the first, or really the lowest, the worst place to be, is Gehenna. Gehenna is part of Infernus. This is where you have Satan, the damned angels, the damned humans, fire and darkness and hatred. And again, this is what we commonly call hell. This is Gehenna. Okay, the second place of the Infernus, or netherworld, is Purgatory. And as we just heard a short reference in the RCT to this, Purgatory is where those who are saved go for purification and punishment. But that's only for those who die in sanctifying grace. Okay, the three of the four parts of the netherworld, or infernus, is called the limbo of the fathers. In the New Testament, this is also called Abraham's bosom. 
And this is where those of the Old Testament went who were saved retroactively by the cross. They were saved, but heaven wasn't open yet. So the limbo of the fathers is a paradise. Limbus means edge or outer rim. And this is the top part of this netherworld. It's a paradise, but it's still not heaven because they don't have the beatific vision. So when Jesus was on the cross and he said to the good thief, today you will be with me in paradise, he didn't mean heaven. He didn't mean the beatific vision. He meant the limbo of the fathers. And then the next day he brought that good thief to the beatific vision, which is heaven. But remember, paradise or rather, limbo of the fathers is a paradise. So is heaven, of course. It's an exponentially greater paradise. But even the limbo of the fathers is a paradise. So when Jesus said to the good thief, Behold, you are with me on paradise, we're talking Good Friday, not Holy Saturday. Therefore, he's talking about that paradise being the limbo of the fathers. Now we get to Good Saturday, or Holy Saturday. On Holy Saturday, this is where Christ leads forth all of the saved of the Old Testament and presumably even pagans that didn't know Judaism but followed their conscience. And you often see icons of Christ leading, Mo- leading Moses and Adam and David out of the limbo of the fathers into the beatific vision. This is what happens on Holy Saturday. And this is called the herring of hell, but keep in mind this is only using hell as a generic term of the netherworld. Christ did not empty Gehenna. He didn't even go to Gehenna. Christ only went on Holy Saturday to the limbo of the fathers. This is infallible. This is taught by all of the fathers of the church. Now, we have modern heretics like von Balthasar who teach that Christ went to Gehenna to suffer there. Now, of course, that's a total heresy. Let me say this again. Christ went to the limbo of the fathers because hell here is just netherworld, not Gehenna. And that's the only reason we call it the herring of hell. But that's kind of antiquated English, so I would propose we kind of change that. Really, we should call what happened on Holy Saturday the emptying of the limbo of the fathers. The emptying of the limbo of the fathers is what happened. That's what happened on Holy Saturday. Okay, let's talk about the fourth. So the four netherworlds, we got Gehenna, Purgatory, limbo of the fathers, and the fourth is the limbo of the children. This is where unbaptized babies who die in original sin but not actual sin go. Keep in mind, it's perfect happiness and joy, and St. Thomas Aquinas says they are illuminated and taught by the angels there. Okay, I'm going to link that uh, four sections of the netherworld, as taught by Dr. Pal- Taylor Marshall, in my show notes. So there you have those four regions, and it's really important to remember, all of Jesus' suffering stopped right before his heart was pierced on Good Friday on Calvary. Keep that in mind as we look at this modern heretic named von Balthasar. Christ's suffering ended. This is what is in the Bible. All the church fathers, his suffering ended right before his heart was pierced on Good Friday. It's right in the Bible. You don't even have to be a theologian to know this. And then what happens on Holy Saturday? We just talked about it. That brings the application of those infinite merits to the Old Testament people who were saved and probably brought those infinite merits from his passion and death to good pagans who never knew Judaism but followed their conscience. Now here is where we get into error. So kids are listening, keep in mind, parents make it really clear, the next two minutes is not, or I'm going to make it clear to them, this is not what the church teaches. Von Balthasar teaches, and the only reason I'm actually teaching this is so that you understand really how radically Von Balthasar has diverted from divine revelation, even though many people erroneously name him as an orthodox theologian. Von Balthasar teaches that that descent of Christ continued his suffering, if you can believe that. That's first of all a heresy. Why is that a heresy? Because, again, the fathers teach that the descent to the limbo of the fathers was an application of the grace, not a continuation of his suffering, as von Balthasar teaches. 
Von Balthazar is also a heretic for saying Christ suffered in Gehenna. Now, what kind of spirit do you think informed Von Balthazar he went to hell? I don't even like saying such blasphemy on my podcast, as you know. Von Balthazar teaches our Lord went to hell, like the Gehenna hell. That's, that is so diabolical. Okay, but why does he teach this? Von Balthazar teaches Christ went to Gehenna because he had to suffer everything anyone ever has, which is contradictory for von Balthazar since he believes no one went to hell anyway. So I want to ask him, why would Christ suffer what you don't think any man had to suffer? Well, von Balthazar claims this suffering was a continuation of his glory since his glory in John's gospel is the crucifixion. So that's kind of how he gets around this notion that all the fathers say that the glory of the crucifixion ended at his death. Well, he says the continuation of that glory continues into the netherworld by his suffering. That's a total error. Alyssa Lyra Pitstick at First Things, a non-traditional production, but still very accurate here, shows why von Balthasar defends his goofy idea on this. She writes, quote, Balthasar agrees that Christ's descent should be called glorious, but in the sense that Christ's crucifixion rather than his resurrection is said to be his glory, end quote. But again, keep in mind behind this, von Balthasar is also a heretic for saying Christ went to Gehenna, and von Balthasar is a heretic for saying he's suffering continued after death. Now, some people who are von Balthasar fans come in here and they say, no, 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 von Balthasar labeled that thing that you're calling Gehenna, he called it Sheol. But here, describing the Son of God suffering the pain of damnation, which von Balthasar does, that is clearly a reference to Gehenna, not Sheol, even if he plays games on shale. So Pitstick continues to write this in the first thing article, which I will link in the show notes. Quote, Balthazar proposes notable changes to this doctrine. He rejects the idea of the limbo of the fathers, holding instead that Christ descended to the place or state of eternal punishment. Balthazar prefers to call this abode shale rather than hell, in part because he holds that shale is something worse than hell. There, Christ suffers the fate of unredeemed mankind, complete rejection by the Father. The Father's rejection is just, since Christ has literally made sin in shale. Okay, I don't need to go on in that heresy. Von Balthazar is the heretic, not Pitstick. She's just revealing this heresy. And again, that's it, first things. I'm not even quoting you some rad trad production. That is first things. So notice at the end of that quote there, Von Balthazar has this Calvinist idea that Christ has to undergo the Father's wrath after his death in an arbitrary way. And he also holds a worse heresy than Calvin there, because even Calvin did not say what von Balthasar said, namely, that our Lord went to hell. I'm so sorry to even say that if you have kids listening, but that is what is even produced by Ignatius Press. Many people think of Ignatius Press as the pinnacle of orthodoxy. They have produced in a positive manner many or all of the works of von Balthasar. And that is why you should avoid really anyone promoting him. I'm not saying throw out all your Ignatius Press books because they have some good ones, but anyone promoting a heretic that would say something that horrible about where our Lord went, you just need to avoid them. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry, actually. And then after that heresy, let's review the four places of the netherworld one more time. And this is according to the Bible, the Fathers, and St. Thomas Aquinas. So, if you don't trust me above von Balthazar, just trust the Bible, the Fathers, and Aquinas. Four places of the netherworld. One, Gehenna, that's the dark place of 
hatred, Satan, the damned angels, and damned humans. And yes, there are humans there. We covered before how it's infallible in Trent that there are people in hell. Two, purgatory. This is a place of not just purification, but also punishment. Three, the limbo of the fathers. The limbo of the fathers is where everyone who was just before Christ died went. It's a paradise, not the beatific vision. And then on Holy Saturday, he brings all of the just, all the justified, by his own merits, by the way, retroactively applied, from the limbo of the fathers to heaven, the beatific vision. And then the fourth is the limbo of the children. One last note on all of this. Even the new catechism of the Catholic Church makes it clear that Jesus only descended into Sheol, not Gehenna, as von Balthasar holds. He died to the limbo of the fathers only to empty that place of the good. This was the application of his merits. And again, even the new catechism released in 1992 makes it clear von Balthasar was a heretic without naming him. The CCC, or Catechism of the Catholic Church from 1992, number 633, reads, Scripture calls the abode of the dead to which the dead Christ went down hell, Sheol in Hebrew or Hades in Greek, because those who are there are deprived of the vision of God. Such is the case for all the dead, whether evil or righteous, while they await the Redeemer, which does not mean that their lot is identical, as Jesus shows through the parable of the poor man Lazarus who was received into Abraham's bosom. It is precisely these holy souls who waited their Savior in Abraham's bosom whom Christ the Lord delivered when he descended into hell. Jesus did not descend into hell to deliver the damned, nor to destroy the hell of damnation, but to free the just who had gone before him. Please say an hour, Father, for me at benedictio de me potentis. Pachi et spiritu santi descendet super vos et maniat semper. Amen.